But yeah, I'm leaving this AC running because, um, oh, what was it? What was our weather warnings here in, in Toronto today? It was a real doozy. I went to check the weather, uh, and I was like, oh, weather alerts. And there we have four rainfall warnings, severe thunderstorm watch is in effect, heat warning is in effect, and squall warning is in effect. So according to someone on Twitter whose who's parsing of that I really enjoyed, it sounds like we're going to have electric boiling rain. What the f*** is going on down there? And uh, I'll, I'll just cap that one off quickly by saying no politics in the thread, but thankfully climate change is real and not political. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's, hey, Aaron. that's science, not politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's up, Aaron? Climate change is real. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good uh, with this real climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, the the microclimate of the house is, is kind of a jerk, though, um, because so it's an older home that has central air retrofitted into a heating system that was retrofitted into a house that I would really never want to have to try and rerun registers or anything in. So, the front room of the house is the room that gets AC and heat first. So, I've got like a shawl blanket wrapped around my legs so that the rest of the house can be an okay temperature, Mm -hmm. even though we also then have to have an AC unit running upstairs. Uh, And everyone in the West Coast is like, huh, AC units, what are those? Because it also has not been normalized to exist on a lot of the West Coast. Yeah. That's Uh, one of the unfortunate things about being in the Midwest. When somebody's like, huh, it's cold. I go, yeah, negative 40 degrees. I don't have to say which number or which rating because they're the same at that point outside (laughs) in the winter. And then somebody else is like, oh, yeah, God, but it's hot. I'm like, yeah, let's look at this triple digits plus sticky humidity. Y'all suck. So we're used to having to balance both ends of the horrible thermal scales. And uh, TJ, uh, welcome to this podcast. How's that real climate change uh, doing for you uh, today? Uh, you know, in, <laughs> well, you know, in Florida, it's a little bit of a different scenario. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have like a beachfront property or anything, but give it a while. But yeah, I think I can get out from it. I <laughs> hey, think I can get out from that. it. Then. Yeah, you don't want that in Miami, ha huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many centimeters? No engineering questions. No engineering questions about that building because I've also grown tired of that. Please, thank you. No, no worries. It's just uh, yeah. uh, we actually were ta- I was talking to my mom about that. She brought it up. She was like, "Yeah, those buildings that <laughs> just sink every year," and I was like, "Yeah, that's untenable." Um, she because she's she's also speaking of beachfront property. Like with all this going on, she is on an island. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. kind of think about things like that too. Um. But yeah, basically, like, hey, everyone listening out there, if you are, you know, getting real freaked out by this heat dome, like, like, look, if because I put, I mean, I didn't like put the word out, but I yelled about it on Twitter, and I got a lot of word back from more than just BC about how, like, yeah, no, no one's really doing much more than joking about it on the TV and the radio, and I'm like, yeah, please spread the information, find information. Uh, I, I, I only just recently learned what Pedialyte is because of my, by the way. Second injection that I got, which gave me a real <laughs> interesting Saturday. Uh, I got it on Friday. Um, but there's, there's a whole lot about electrolytes and that you actually gotta have more than just water to stay hydrated, which are things that like I didn't really super know because I would just drink lots of water and eat things and etc. But like when stuff gets real scary like that, it's like, yeah, you gotta have not just water. You gotta have like some sodium and electrolytes in you. You gotta balance your hydration. Lots of things that like. 
I feel like I shouldn't be seeking this knowledge out, but you know, <laughs> what, are, what 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 am I asking for? Some kind of like benevolent governance of some kind. Um, speaking of governance, hosting a podcast uh, is real fun when you are like, you know what? Let's do a big listener question episode, and then like the world of your relevant news just goes like. <laughs> And it just starts hurling news items at you, like, from afar, while you're suffering the side effects of your second Moderna vaccination, no less. Uh, So I had to trim a couple listener questions back to the queue list, uh, because we got news. Uh, First up, uh, I'll I'll just say also news very relevant to what we like to talk about specifically, because the first thing that popped up, Masterpiece MP52 uh, Starscream, the new Starscream, who's just showing up in people's doorsteps right now. Uh, Takara Tomi did an official transformation video, and I gotta give them a, an applause. Good job. It was a solid B-minus effort to be proud of and do better next time because you're gonna keep this up, right? Because that's the problem with transformation videos. It always seems to be a very one-and-done kind of thing. But uh, do check it out if you've got the toy. It's uh, it's pretty well done. I said you know, B minus effort, and that's not an insult. Uh, going from nothing to B minus is an improvement. Um, I really like how they had a highlight effect um, on each part before it moved. Like, that's where I want to see budget from the company who made the toy spending money on the video they're making. Um, it just had, you know, some problems. The The backing track, I didn't actually mind the track. I just minded it looped for 15 minutes, but it was a very abrasive track. Uh, which also means there was no live audio, and I saw a couple very sharp motions where I'm like, there was a plastic noise that I would have liked to know about, um, which I couldn't hear. And there were some jump cuts that were too jump cut, and in fact, there were at least two key motions that I saw just get skipped over uh, in a way that didn't help much. So, room for improvement. It's better than Bandai's Macross Delta stuff, but video instruction for a masterpiece. I feel heard. How, um, how does it compare to Hasbro's video? Tra- oh. Huh? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, what? Did Aaron say something? I, what are, you, are you talking about ghosts again? About phantoms? Yeah. About dead things? Are you talking about stuff that... Are you talking about crushed it's, hopes? It's not, it's, <laughs> it's not dead if it never lived. I mean, that's a bummer, right? It kind of lived because they did like eight of them last time. <sighs> when was that? Was that in Siege? I feel, I, siege. I feel like that's that the start the of, very siege. Yeah. of Siege. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That first wave of Siege. And like a bit I of just, a second wave. That's, that's just it's just a fever dream, man. We just we all just thought we saw it. Yeah, I mean, because because if they'd actually meant to do it, there'd be more than just the like single wave. Siege was part one. We're on. We're finishing up. We're like back half of part three now. Like that's a lot of backlog mm-hmm. to get caught up on in a couple months. If, I mean, if they're gonna do it, at least do it for masterpiece. That's the important thing. Yeah. Like masterpiece transformations are getting more eccentric and weird with like odd motions and plastic noises that sound scary if you don't know they're supposed to happen. So they, there should be audio video instruction to go with them. Um, Aaron, uh, did you check out the video? Yeah, I'm like panning through it randomly right now. Yeah, nothing to hear. It's um, it's a looping noise. Not not knowing. Yeah, I, I'm not noticing that I'm I'm missing any sound as I'm randomly skipping through the video. Um, it's the same like electronic riff I, i'd expect to hear this audio and as a backer audio and like cyberpunk or something it's not a Maybe bad that's track where their but aesthetics were yeah when if you actually I, I could see 15 minutes and 41 seconds of it being a bit that much. track yeah. is about three minutes long so yes <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but no, I, I I definitely do think that it's it's not a bad style of of transformation video. Oh, I think I just saw one of the things. It'd probably be better to see a slower motion on. Yeah, where they like crack part of the back of the jet open, and it's just like kind of squeeze this, and then it's like wedged open fifteen degrees. That yeah, I think that's one of the points. Less jump. That's one of the points where I also was like that crack was visual and. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, hire me, but I'm saying if you didn't delete your live audio that you had attached to the camera you shot it with, where hopefully you didn't turn it off, because that's a very amateur mistake to do that you should never do. Never turn the mic off, even if you're not going to use it. Uh, all you got to do is when you see that crack motion happen, you go to the frame where it starts, you go to the frame where it ends, cut, cut, turn the audio in that new segment on. It's it's only going to be like three or four frames of audio. So even if someone was 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 yelling about the you know what they had for breakfast in the background, you won't hear it. You'll hear three or four frames of audio out of the thirty to sixty frames that occupy a yeah. second. So just put them in. <laughs> that or just put like an automatopoeia click. That's actually worse. That's, that's actually worse. I, I would I would say that's a good idea, but like like a it's visual worse. like. On screen, like a click. No, they do that in the instructions, and I think it does more harm than good because it doesn't. It doesn't properly doesn't connect the, to the, the, the or or the type of click. Like, is this a or is this a like a plastic shattering trunk? Yeah, that's even where the acoustics. You don't want them to be too perfect because you want to know if that's an echo click or not. You know, when they're high yeah. enough to like you hear them in the back yeah. of the room. Um, TJ, did you get a chance to check this thing out at all? Um, I did, um, mostly because I wanted to see one particular element of the toy, which was why the wings had this, like, multi-layer thing to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't get any good shots of the back, and when it was all grayscale, I could not tell what was going on. It's a lot of motion to get rid of the tail fins, and it's kind of interesting. That's a different way to do it than I've seen. Yeah, I kind of, like, like... Obviously, this video is also a way to see the transformation scheme, finally. And yeah. and now I know a couple of people who've gotten the toy in hand and transformed it a few times. So far, it sounds like it's pretty good. Like, it's a pretty fun toy. Uh, and that the transformation scheme, like, that wing trick, super friggin' cool. Uh, so, wait, he just has, like, Macross missile pods on the inside of the wing? Yeah, well, I mean... That then gets closed up around? I think, I think... Why is that painted? I think that they were like, uh, they were like, well, this is gonna be unused visual areas let's put something there and then i I guess they were like well we're we're painting him anyway all right (laughs) yeah we got some money left in the paint budget let's just throw it in here like like they have dedicated engineering for that not gerwalk mode the alternate transformation mode has dedicated engineering that's not used for the robot mode like i was eyeballing that thing so they they spent extra money on macross stuff basically uh, which, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, um, MP52 Starscream, he's out. Um, he's been in, out in Japan, I think, for about a week by now. So far, I haven't seen anything about a, a widespread QC issue. So I'm happy to see that because this toy looks really cool and I, I want to pick one up eventually. I don't, I don't have one on order right now because I was waiting to see if it would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it seems like it's not. Um, we'll see. You know, I'm mean, you know, give it another couple weeks, but um, it's, it's looking good. And the, and I uh, like ignoring the QC side. I really like a lot of the choices made on that figure, uh, especially now that 
on the production ones, it looks like the robot uh, chest cockpit is not like how it looked in a lot of those photos from a month ago where it was kind of orangey tinged because it looked like they didn't undercoat the gray paint over the orange plastic. Uh, I haven't been seeing that as much in people's photos, so that's that's also nice to see. Um, anyway, um, that was one of th- one of three pieces of news that just like shot up out of nowhere. Another one from today. <laughs> Didn't think we we're gonna see this for a while, but Jurassic Park Transformers Collaborative re- fully revealed by Hasbro. Uh, it's a two pack. It's Tyrannocon Rex versus Autobot JP ninety three. And let's, I'm just going to say, okay, Autobot JP-93 is, that's, obviously, they're basing it off of the B-127 thing. That's the only reason they possibly would have named a character JP-93. Because, uh, obviously, it's Jurassic Park 1993, whatever. But, yeah, that's, I think that's why they did that name, is they said, well, we have B-127. And I would still say, that's a bad idea. You should call that character Park Tour and say that they're very good at parkour. And it's ironic they ended up in Jurassic Park where there's no buildings, so they can't. It makes the whole comic book right itself. But uh, Tyrannicon Rex, a uh, brand new female character confirmed by the the box text, is a uh, uh, leader Kingdom Megatron with a new head sculpt and obviously new colors. And uh, Autobot JP93 is a Ford Explorer licensed, uh, who's completely new. I've been eyeballing this thing a bunch. Uh, in my opinion, this is like Maverick. This is just a new toy they made with a licensed alt mode. Uh, I've seen a lot of. Um, a lot of, I, I was going to say big brain, but that actually sounds kind of insulting. And I don't mean it to be that way. But yeah, like a lot of analysis, trying to figure out, like, is this a retool? Some people thinking, oh, this could become Skids or Cybertron Red Alert. And I'm like, I could see it. But I like I don't think this is a retool of a toy we have. Um, I think that the fact that he has a hood chest and his arms flip around from the wheel axle and he's got door wings, all that makes him look like a lot of other people. But I was yeah. looking at his skull yeah. pieces and, and none of like. I was looking at the inner greeble on his thigh because uh, someone had mentioned to me that a lot of folks think he looks like SS86 Jazz retooled, and I was like, there is not one shared part, and the shoulders, in fact, are, even though they do the same flip on Jazz, the shoulders share the axis with the wheels. They do not on this guy. So, uh, you know, I, I think this yeah, is new. I, the, the, I, the, I, I am 99.9% sure this is entirely new because it's even like his feet appear to be the like the roof extension thing that those park tour explorers had mm-hmm. and i don't th- i don't think we've had any uh, like what hound thanks for saying had park a tour. kind of yeah had a kind uh, um, this is the other <laughs> oh no aaron oh, melted no. oh no <laughs> sorry i'm 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 reaching past the microphone for yeah, that, I mean, what, like the Siege Hound kind of sort of has the bottom of his feet come from the top of the thing, but not nearly in the same orientation. Nah. Like, I would put money on this having, like, entirely new design to it. Plus, if it's Ford, this is, uh, what's the last licensed Ford thing we oh. have, have had? Studio Series like, anything? Maybe. Was any of the studio series stuff Ford? I'm the wrong person to ask. Because it'd be because it'd be it'd be what Barricade and Barricade was Shelby Cobra, and I think that the studio series Barricade was just a Ford alike. I don't remember that specifically being Ford badged, which would then put us back to like alternators 
as the last time they crossed with Ford. Shrugging. So I, I could really see this being like, hey, you want a very specific thing. This specific vehicle is licensed in this specific way through Jurassic Park. So just make a new mold so that we can just be done with it. Yeah. Because by, by everything else on it, it looks like it's a relatively simple transformation. Yeah, it's got some like neat tricks going on. TJ, sorry, I just wanted to to, to quickly say, like, what, what, you had a point you were making a second ago. I mean, it's it's definitely not uh, any kind of retool or re or remold of any kind. I, th- I think the presumption is that this is based on an upcoming figure. Because yeah, because yeah. we do we we do have you know we do have characters in the rumor mill that do kind of fit this general look here, and but at the same time, like I mean, that's generally what they've done. You know, anytime we've seen one of these crossover figures, and when I was thinking about this set before, I was like, it would be obvious to just repaint Megatron into Rexy. That's simple, but that's never what they've done for these collaborative figures. It's always been a, like, a full-on new figure based on an existing one. So, this is exactly what I was hoping they would do. They just did it with something that we haven't seen before. So, this may just happen to be something that we're going to get, like, next year as a different character. Yeah, I would tell people, like, just, you know, when when we see someone who looks similar to this, just keep an eye on the limb sculpting. That's going to be the big one, like the thighs and the hips and stuff. If mm-hmm. and, and also, this one has a ball socket elbow, which sticks out like a sore thumb right now uh, and on, like, you know, generation-style stuff. So if we see another ball socket elbow on a little truck, then, like, that's going to be another big giveaway. But um, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if this is a Maverick situation where, you know, until proven otherwise, Maverick is just a toy they made for crossovers full stop yeah uh and which to me with the price point kind of feels that way too yeah the price point is 104.99 and someone pointed this out it was um bill moo from bayformers pointed this out at least where i saw it that like it's kind of odd that they landed at 104.99 when 99.99 is a million times more attractive so, mm-hmm. uh, like, what, like, like, this is probably pushing a, like, I, I look at it myself as, as, like, this is pushing a lot of limits in that we have a, we have a leader repaint, and I think Tyrannicon Rex has a more intricate, um, I would call it airbrushing job in the T-Rex mode than oh, Kingdom oh, yeah. Megatron does. Yeah. So that's pushing yeah, it up. But yeah. a much plainer robot mode. Because if it's not the dinosaur parts, it's a flat color. I, I mean, it's still got it's it's got more going on than T Rex does. Yeah, and and Kingdom Megatron, I got to look at that. I mean, yeah, Kingdom Megatron has more paint apps in in the robot mode for the chest stuff. But like, I'm wondering mm-hmm. like how close it really is. But then you know, you well, add. I mean, you add Kingdom that- Megatron has stuff not just on his chest, but across the hips, down the legs. I mean, he's sitting on his table right here in front of me. Yeah. Like, in in robot mode, this Rex looks kind of plain for the non-dinosaur parts. So I would I would equate if they were done at the same production level, I don't see more in in Tyrannicon Rex than I do in Beast Wars Megatron. I I also always wonder like what the difference is between like the hard um like quote unquote regular paint apps versus the airbrushy stuff. Like if there if there is a difference in time spent or whatever but like like to me this is like a slightly better than normal leader repaint 
plus a potentially brand new tooling with a licensed vehicle mode it had to uh, apply to, and a very large number of paint apps, um, mm-hmm. like on yeah. the vehicle mode. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm saying that JP90, I missed it, uh, JP93 is... Actually, Autobot like, JP93? Autobot JP93. Um <laughs> You can call them Park is, Tour, though. That'd be cool. E- even though, unfortunately, in the box, it looks like a very small part of it, I would wager that that is, like, half of the input cost. I, like, the way I would tell right. people... With new mold, significant paint. The, the, I don't want to don't take it away from the T-Rex, because I mean, there's a lot more airbrushing going on than there is on Megatron. There's an extra layer for the striping. You've got all the extra paint apps around the face. Eyes, it, too. Yeah, there's a ton. There is a ton of work in the beast mode, like the robot mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely that is simplified. But still, th- yeah, that's at least double the pain on the beast mode. And I also want to say, like, a way to look at this based on other collabs that also made this make sense to me. I look at Tyrannicon Rex. That's a that's a leader. So that's fifty bucks. So we have fifty five more dollars to account for. Uh, if we you know juggle five dollars of paint between the two of them, uh, then take the other fifty bucks. That makes Autobot JP93, kind of just like another DeLorean um, and or Ectotron, like a sort of weird pseudo deluxe between deluxe Voyager truck with lots of paint and a lot of original mm-hmm. like steel molding done and original design work done. Um, in this case, like possibly a hundred percent like Maverick. So it adds up. It's just not pretty. And and uh, the the thing that I think is interesting is that they arrived at one hundred four ninety nine when like it's like man like they're. Mu- it, it was it was Bill Moo who said this yeah. uh, that I agreed with, which is like I'm only crediting because also I like saying Bill Moo, but like there must have been an argument about this, like you know, on the the uh, boardroom end of like like you, anyone would want this to be ninety nine ninety nine, and like there must have been something like a paint thing or a tampograph thing that was like off on off on off on as there was like we. We gotta cut this down to ninety nine ninety nine, and like, no, I put in all this work to get this specific thing. Licensors like it. We gotta go with this, even if it's one hundred four ninety nine. Like, I wish this is real. Like, um, we are the niche of the niche who care about this stuff. But like, oh, I, I want to know, like, like what the thing is that's five bucks, you know, to really make it overly broad. <laughs> that's like, like pushing this up and down. Um, like, even the packaging is a weird shape, and like, I will say. The JP93 end of the packaging is is not even half baked compared to the Tyrannicon Rex end. It it actually looks worse, I think, for JP93's mm-hmm. c- contribution. Like I, when I saw this, I was like, JP93 should be at like a tilted angle on another cardboard hill for this to look yeah. dynamic. This looks like mm-hmm. JP93 got toy swapped in there by someone who stole something else. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can barely even... Like, there's a cardboard shrub over a chunk of JP93. You yeah. can barely even yeah. tell they're there. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. Because also, like, I feel like maybe a buck or two could have been saved as far as fitting more of these to a case if JP93 was the one under Tyrannicon Rex and the box was just shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or... And, and you don't have it flipped. You just kind of change it anyway because I'm trying to remember... It flipped. Rexy flipped the second car, not the first one, right? Oh, don't ask me these things. I haven't seen this movie in like five years. Uh, 
and it was coming from and and the the I I do know for sure that the her fence was on the left hand side of the vehicle and JP ninety three is pointing to the right. You've already got it wrong. Just have her like stand <laughs> on the hood of JP ninety three. JP ninety three. Don't even the, toss the cardboard one in there. JP ninety three is the one who's screwing with the timeline. They just showed up because it turns out they're buddies with Gigawatt and uh, sorry Gigawatt and uh, Ectatron. Uh, that's the first place I've been going with this is because like collab has good fiction when it gets fiction um also i i'm sorry i want to say one more thing about the packaging overblown packaging is also a hallmark of collab like that is kind of what collab does is have highly designed somewhat bloated packaging so i'm like for all my complaints this is also in line to a degree <laughs> uh but fiction wise i'm also like i'm hoping this gets a comic book because like if you look at tyrannicon rex she looks like a Dinobot in robot mode yeah, which mm-hmm. is an interesting choice to me. I mean, because it's like it's interesting to see standard Dinobot colors on something that's trying to be an organic T Rex. Mm. More interesting that it is a villain because it is like a someone equated it to more like a Power Ranger style head, but like there's a little Grimlock in there because it is a fa- is a black head with a faceplate and a uh, red visor. And and little so, uh, underbite fangs as well on the cheekbones. Mm. Yeah, like, like fiction-wise, this could be like, hey, what if there was, like... Because they've always dabbled around in adding more Dinobots, and so what if this was another Dinobot who, like, went bad? Or, in, in my personal headcanon, was like, what if I eat humans for fuel instead? And I'm like, hey, maybe this Dinobot, like, <laughs> ate a lawyer. Of course. Of course that's your headcanon. <laughs> well, because the T-Rex ate a lawyer! I'm not making... I'm, listen, I might be a little, you know sick but like there's a there's a precedent i'm like what if this this is a a transformer who like ate a lawyer off of a porta potty and was like i didn't mind uh and so where's where's that accessory in the set i mean that is also the first thing i was like i was like where is at least the empty half wrecked porta potty in the background picture like (laughs) even if that's not where it was in the movie like come on like come on uh but also autobot jp93 so that name's like like I think we can agree that name sucks. It's a ridiculous nothing name, right? But given that it has like canon precedence in B one twenty seven, I'm like that could inform a character as well. It's like, what if this is an Autobot who like is adamantly like, no, my name is is uh, is Autobot designation JP ninety three, and we do the Ectatron thing again from the comics where people, you know all the other Autobots are like, hey, why don't we? What if we called you like Park Tour or something? They're like, no. My name is Autobot JP93. And like they're, they're like they're like the one Autobot who's like no, I actually prefer and wish to stick with my strange alphanumeric name that we all had on Cybertron before we got, you know, like messed up by all the humans and whatnot. <laughs> uh I just think Call that could be tourist. that could be a fun thing. <laughs> Call him Tourist Trap. So Tourist Trap is a good name. I'm just stuck on Park Tour because it's like the kind of wordplay that like makes people get angry, but in a way that doesn't make me get angry, and that's rare. And so I'm I'm really clinging to that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be to be fair, my I I mean I, I have a biased choice in name because I live in Florida, and you know you you hit one of those every you know ten feet. Uh, what I would say is Tourist Trap should be a Transformers name, but like there are going to be more opportunities. Like, yeah, that's also more Decepticon-y. Well, yeah, we're, we're going yeah, to. The- yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. There's well. See the other. Tr- see that's the thing. Is like the other SUV in this set is supposed to be the Decepticon who is the tourist trap. Like he's in on it with the T Rex. 
Yeah, and then and then he's, Juris, he's, he's, good, good. He's 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 basically like uh, Tyrannicon Rex's uh, Uber Eats. Yeah, and 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 Tourist Trap was all in on this, and then watched Tyrannicon Rex eat a lawyer off of a porta potty, and went like. What are you doing? And then Tyrannicon Rex was like, was like Rex Imperium. It's like flipped him over. <laughs> uh, I was also going to say you, you're going to get opportunities for Tourist Trap because like they're going to they're going to friggin' do a Disney World collab Transformer at the rate they're going. I mean, we got a leak list, or not even a leak list, like a found listing of a Universal Studios cross Transformers Draculon or something. Uh, I mean, we got that, that. Yeah, but yeah, but our our luck, they'll just repaint like the the Disney label ones that Japan put out. True, but you know, it's still it's it's more about the canon. You know, you still get your tourist trap, and what's more tourist trap than like this is the same Mickey Mouse toy I could have bought like ten years ago. Like, welcome to Universal. No, no, Disney Disney is not a tourist trap. It's the whole penitentiary. Yeah, sorry, Disney is tourist jail. <laughs> oh man, it kind of was too. Like, because you get trapped in there, right? You can't, yeah, you, you can can't never leave. leave. Even when you're in your car, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's here's what you learn in Florida. Here's what you learn in Florida. Is it like you go spend your day at Disney World? You spend spend forever trying to get out of the park. Spend forever trying to get out of the parking lot. Then drive fifty miles back toward home. Stop at a gas station where half the stuff inside is Disney merch, and realize you haven't actually left Disney yet. <laughs> Disney's uh, so, all-encompassing. So, I remember that BotCon. Me yeah. too. <laughs> so, so Tourist Trap is the Universal Studios one, but secretly they're the headmaster for Fortress Touristimus, who is like Disney World. There you go. It's the, the Florida pair. They're both Decepticons. Jeez. And then maybe they got like a, like a like, I don't know, like a clear blue little like, like Titan Master or Power Master or something for what? that. What if we remold Haslab Unicron as like the big, the big ball in Epcot Center? As long as we give him like something, something like a big and a grill on his teeth that says like Florida, like on you know F L O on each tooth. Uh, no, I just ha- I just had the thought it has to have two more circles that pop out of it so it can be the hidden Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Well, Look at the mouse floating. all along. Well, that's what we use the wing molding for. <laughs> the wings just form a pair of ears. There's still a big horrific maw on the front because that's what Disney do. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you just you just pitch uh, Fox in there. You pitch just Pixar goes in there. I mean, we got the other listing that was dug up from Collab was Amazon Prime. Optimus Prime is a Volvo who nobly delivers Amazon packages. So, like, we're already into the hell side of collab. It feels that thing feels dirty. It's disgusting. It's and is our is our Flex Seal robot going to come around now too? You know what? Uh, this, yeah, maybe. I, uh, I I do appreciate that. Like, it seemed that the the reaction to Amazon Prime was fairly universally like, "Oh, this is the this is the bad one." That we have to go through. A whole lot of people kind of go like, you know what, Maverick ain't so bad. Maverick's all right. You know, Top Gun's a fun movie. Uh, and uh, speaking of movies, we got Studio Series reveals. Even even after spamming the Hasbro Fan Friday chat for weeks and months and months, and Hasbro saying like, yeah, we're doing our best, trying to get ahead of the leak. Someone 
leaked the, <laughs> the highly anticipated next two Studio Series Deluxes, Jolt and uh, uh, Roof Sideswipe from Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, Sideswipe looks like it's just like the, the Dark of the Moon one, but with a roof, which to me is fine. I like the Dark of the Moon one. I, I should say I like it as a half-price deluxe that I got for half-price. I think that's a perfect spot for it. It's it's real fun. It's just real light. Um, but Jolt, completely new, and uh, has the wrong head, because they went for a movie-accurate head on a character who has more media about his toy-accurate head than whatever this friggin' scab is, this friggin' look-alike that they brought in during the strike, or whatever. Uh, I hate this head a whole lot. Um... I hate that this is our introduction to screen accurate Jolt and he looks like a nothing and that like this is this is the buddy Christ version of Jolt whereas like our real robot Jesus is the strange mm-hmm. trident shrimp fella who is humble and doesn't need like a whole toy but you know just happened to get a few. Anyway, I think this actually looks okay. Like it's very people said very kibbly and stuff and I'm like a lot of studio series is, and it's more so how does it lock the kibble to me? That, that also looks a little bit like some of that kibble may not be well placed 100 yeah the shoulder things and like their stuff like the sh- the shoulder things look like they may well have a place to go yeah it looks like there's a hinge in the middle of that like rear quarter panel to trunk thing that's just not being used yeah like i don't know if that front piece folds back or if that back piece folds forward i'm not it, entirely it, sure where all the connector points are and it's also like the fast like all for all my you know like i don't care that much about the head i just think that the toy head looks a million times better uh than whatever this nonsense is but like this is our first good look at jolt ever is what i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say like people have said oh you can screen cap through the movie and whatnot it's like yeah and he's in the background of like nearly every the shot he's in that features him he's still in the distance when he's doing the electro whip resurrection thing so like Mm -hmm. like it's kind of fascinating that this is how we get a good look at like what he looked like in the movie (laughs) because we're all just used to toy jolt who looks fine already like i i was i got a great response when i was yelling about this someone who was like it was like toy like revenge of the fallen toy jolt was like one of those my first introduction to the the character as a kid and it's how i've known this character since i was a kid and this is like actually like shocking to me and i was like yeah this it's really weird it's <laughs> i could imagine if you were like you know a, a child when in 2009 it's been you know 12 years you, you jolt shows up looking like this and you're like well what who are you? <laughs> uh, he has the whips, by the way. They look like they're hand attachment, maybe hand swappy things, uh, or or they plug into the top of the hands. It's kind of kind of weird. We'll see better pics of this. I just wanted to yell about that head. Um, TJ, like, how are you feeling about like? I, I don't mean to glaze over sideswipe, but how are you feeling about Jolt? Um, I'm kind of in a weird place about jolt because yeah i want to see what it looks like when it's actually been transformed properly that's i i i really hope that that is in error because it it looks kind of a kind of a mess um but like jolt is i i'm kind of with you here i'm kind of with you here because like jolt has always been one of my sleeper figures from both Revenge of the Fallen and Dark of the Moon. I actually like his toys a lot better than I did a, a lot of the deluxes in those lines. Just, and I don't know why. <laughs> because he, he's barely he a, in the movie. He had a good transformation scheme. He did. Like he did. Like he did a fold over thing that a lot of other card robots didn't do at the time. And it was it was just neat. I 
I, I think he benefited from the fact that he was a last-minute character and they just had to throw a figure together as fast as they could because he didn't get overcomplicated like a lot of those lines ended up doing. Yeah. yeah the, the Dark of the Moon Jolt mold is excellent. Like, I, I, I love that figure. Uh, yeah, I, I keep meaning to get the Japanese version in the normal blue colors because it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also just want to mention, I just noticed in the two robot mode shots, the the things hovering above his shoulders are in two completely different configurations, and one of them looks a lot mm-hmm. cleaner than the other, so, you know, hooray. <laughs> um, Aaron, how you feeling about uh, about this jolt? Like, Studio Series jolt is such a weird thing, because it's, it's the line about screen accuracy, and, like, that doesn't really matter for this dude. So, like, he's a fascinating piece to me. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, like I said before, I think that um, seeing actual official con- uh, construction, transformation, everything, um, seeing how how all of those all of that Kibley parts actually fit, um, I think will go a long way to having a bigger thumbs up or thumbs down. It also kind of looks like he might be missing stuff on the side of it um, from the wheel arches on his feet. Yeah. But- yeah, those look like. Oh no, no. The in the side shot, you can see the wheel or the tire is underneath. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That lo- it, I didn't notice yeah, that before. It 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 just looks like like with some of these factory things where it's kind of close. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's also. I, I mean, it's interesting on on him when they when they'll. I, I assume like especially for those axles that are on the fronts of his shoulder blades, like those turbine things. Any kind of, like, mm-hmm. parts cheating on him, how many people, myself very much included, are not going to even notice it's a parts cheat? Because, like, I don't know what this dude looks like in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if they do, like, a swap. It's exactly. They, they just took the CAD model straight over. That's how good this one is. I mean, that's what I'm assuming happened with the head. Because, like, like yeah. nobody recognizes that, that head sculpt. I have not mm-hmm. seen a single person go, like, oh, finally. Everyone's just like with weird like <laughs> organic looking forehead vents. Yeah. Someone said he looks like Garrus Vicarian from Mass Effect and I can't stop seeing that and it has warmed me up okay. a bit. Okay. Yeah, cuz he's got like the 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 cheek jaw thing looking in the mouth. I was looking at the the big forehead with like additional eye hole vent tube things. Yeah. You, like wasp's nest looking head. He's he's got the kind of Garrus face. With the mm-hmm. with the, the the mouth structure and that that's sort of I mean that's obviously not Jolt you know relevant but it is a neat way to to look at the head sculpt because it's not a bad mm-hmm. head sculpt it's just like it's not as good as the Jolt toy head that Jolt toy head is a cool ass design that kind of lives in the movie verse. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you know we'll see more about that, but also condolences to to the marketings over at Hasbro. Um, I enjoy y- y'all on the streams and I feel bad that you've had yet another one scooped. Um, but that brings us to our listener questions that I did collate for us for this episode. Uh, there's still a bunch of them, I should say. We don't, and we don't have like tons of them in the queue. It's just there was, there, once upon a time, this would have blown through like 99% of them. And then all that news happened. Uh, so our first one here is from Blast Pack, uh, who's just wondering, given how well Studio Series 86 Hot Rod was received, do you think Hasbro would take another run at Bumblebee Movie Bumblebee in the VW Beetle form with more articulation and improved transformation just at, like, a Voyager price point, and I would assume, like, some accessories uh, myself? Congrats on 600 episodes and to 600 more. Yeah, we're doing it. Um, I could see that happening in about two to three years. I feel like that's... The, the screen-accurate B-movie stuff that didn't happen is, like, 
that's chilling in the sideboard to a certain I, degree. Mm, I, I could honestly see that happening with the next movie, just to fill out more bumblebees. Yeah, maybe. I'm, yeah, well, I mean, we're getting um, the the um, G1 Cybertron. Oh, right, yeah, in, the, 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 in Buzzworthy, the in origin. In the Buzzworthy line. Bumblebee, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. That slipped my yeah. mind. Uh, yeah, like, there, there's room for it, and, and it is a gimme. It's a layup, because, you know, the VWB they did, both of them, it's not a secret that they don't look anything like the movie. So, like, there's... Mm-hmm. There, I just think it's, like, I don't know if there's, like, an imperative, to, like, we must do it, but I think it's... When I say sideboard, it's, like, when we're figuring out what's gonna be, you know, in the line three years from now, it's sitting right there as, like, hey, if we do need a Bumblebee, we got this gimme, like, right here. Yeah, yeah, uh, I could I could see it being in... Like the next movie line, depending on, like, if Bumblebee's Bumblebee is in the next movie, right? Yeah, they did say yeah, he's that that Bumblebee was going to be in there as the Camaro, the, the like modded Camaro, yeah, so, Camaro. so so maybe <laughs> there's a flashback to, to explain how he's a Camaro now. In the last movie, it was a Volkswagen, and they use that to say, hey, we could do. A Volkswagen Beetle looking one, but I don't know if that's that's where it gets into the the weird goofy licensing thing. If he's not a Volkswagen Beetle in the movie for the whole time, does VW want to give that license for a flashback when they can just say, "Ah, he's a Camaro in most of the movies"? Whatever, shut I up, mean, nerds. They, they've been, they've been, they've been putting forward. out they've been putting out the license VW for right, other lines, right? But if but yeah. if it's the movie, will Volkswagen? want to license the appearance if it's not the hero i mean they might just if it if it turn if it turns into a camaro are they going to want to have that like that's where you get into weird like licensing constraints on what you can and can't do with our stuff you'll never see uh villains using iphones because apple will not allow you to do that yeah, they got they got those villainous galaxy phones because they're Google yeah. pirates. No, was, They'll have phones that maybe look like iPhones, but they don't want villains to have iPhones. So any appearance thing like that gets licensed weird. So I, I was just gonna say like like the significant beauty, movie reason for it to be there, maybe the, the beauty of studio series is they can just do it and label it as the first Bumblebee movie. And then just like, there you go. Put V Yeah. Like Masterpiece Starscream MP fifty two has even normalized putting the the phrase version 2.0 on a package which kind of grits my teeth a little bit but like it's it's precedent how many now times if we had yeah also it's it's the point zero i've yelled about this before when when there are no intersteps being highlighted why is it 2.0 just call it version two well because they'll fix something and actually release it as version 2.1 and break everyone won't ever write 2.1 they'll only ever write point zero and that's why it bugs me because it's like then it's nothing and you're just taking up font space and i don't know why I'm particular so Star about Scream that? version 2.137, where it fixed the mil- the the 0.05 millimeter too tall tab on the left shoulder. We added finger spread. It's version 2.2278. If they do it, I will drop this problem of mine on the day. <laughs> if they do it, then cool. You justified it. I'd be happy. But until they do, what's with the point? Wait, out? did you not get the two three patch? Oh. They didn't it label it the two three patch. They didn't label it the two three patch. They called it the suit, the Arctic Blast Starscream accessory bombasticlade pack or whatever. Um, I'm making that up. That doesn't exist uh, yet. But <laughs> yeah, I, maybe maybe that's what the third parties should do when they have their add-on kits. 
Like this is the point three kit. I think we've suggested this before. Maybe. And all I'm going to say that, is they, that, fe- that felt kind of familiar. Th- when it comes to naming schemes, third parties never listen to me. It's become proven over yeah. the years. They don't listen to the good ideas. They just have occasionally funny ideas for their names. But like the, the gold that I come up with. Oh, no, they just let that go. They leave it to me. I had some I had some good names for a third party. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, loot Crate character. Yeah, I wanted I wanted third parties to make a transforming posable figure of the Loot Crate Prime, and I had a good list of names to go with that. One of them was Turtle Scalper, I think. Uh, but that I just want that because I got salt. Um, anyway, I yeah I I think that they they'd probably take another run at the VWB eventually. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it'd be a Voyager price point because they've shown a lot more want to keep things at least robot scale. In scale, it needs to come with a lot of stuff if he was going to be Voyager price point. Bumblebee, yeah, he he would have to be like a deluxe, like on the big side of deluxe with a bunch of stuff. They could, I mean, and then everybody would be upset at the way that the like leader price point Dinobots are coming with human figures. I mean, they'll be upset about it. What's the point if they have four points of articulation and don't transform on their own? I, I could totally see a Voyager VWB who comes with a somewhat articulated Charlie with a nondescript head sculpt and like an accessory for her, like maybe her car as just like a car chassis with four wheels plugged onto it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the car that her dad was working on thing like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's enough, uh, set pieces in the movie. He could come with parts of her living room for the living room antics scene. You know, come with a couch that breaks or something like there's yeah. a lot of stuff they could, they could fill out that with in order to then have a buffed up parts count and price point for the, the figure itself. But yeah, I, I think it's possible. Um, our next question comes from Tedimus prime. Um, who says, I'm not as much of a veteran as some collectors having only collected Transforming Robots for 14 years. You're a veteran. You're a veteran. It's 14 years. You're a veteran now, in my opinion, uh, on the internet. But when I look at my collection, there's very few long-term survivors. That being said, in most recent years, it's getting harder and harder to find things to sell, as I feel like I purchase based on the understanding of what I tend to end up selling. I find myself just really into chunky, fairly simple robots with tons of personality or gimmicks, and that's what I tend to keep, with a few exceptions. My question to the team is... Have you experienced anything or something similar? Have you thought you found your collection style then radically changed? And do you think knowing what you keep is a good skill or limits your experiences? Regards, as always, Tenemus Prime. Um, what I will say is, as a team, I think the three of us do tend to have, like, fairly broad palettes for the most part. But, uh, TJ, I want to come to you first, because I know you, like, you know, it's been a, a couple of years now, but you, you did do, like, a major, major culling, uh, I would say, compared to, to the two of us. Um, and I'm wondering, like... Relating to this, like kind of figuring out your tastes, like um, have you have you gone? Th- are you still going through that? You kind of feel settled now. I mean, part of me is. I I mean, I feel that need if only because I've got so much at this point. I feel like I've got I, I I've got to have like hundreds of figures at this point that I never look at. I don't display anymore. You know, they'd be collecting dust if they weren't in bins under my bed. You know, that kind of thing. Um. I find as the years go on, I'm more attached to. I'm I'm more attached to the characters I personally grew up with, and wanting just ideal representations of those and the figures from like, 
you know, as much as I love the Cybertron line, it was hard for me to, like, justify keeping a lot of them as I wasn't invested in their characters at all. Mm. So it's it's become a point where it's not, it, you know, the, the toy side of it is still a big thing for me, but it's not as big as just having the characters I grew up with. Like, the nostalgia element is starting to take over my priority. Yeah. And in my experience, that is a very strong way to keep a collection slimmer because there are some medias that just like, you know, the Cybertron, great example. Like, there are a lot of characters in that who don't do a whole lot uh, or say a whole lot or, you know, have have a lot of layers to them. So it's it's easy to kind of lose track of them unless you have sort of concocted your own um, character around them. That's sort of also the danger of headcanon, i.e. my danger. (laughs) But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like character attachment, I think is is like I don't think I could ever get into that too much because also I think if I ever did, it wouldn't change much. <laughs> I like too many characters, but um, it's it's a strong one I've seen in in other collecting venues or uh, talking to other collectors, even outside of Transformers. Um, but Aaron, you and you and I used to do the whole like we just buy one of every mold kind of thing, so mm-hmm. we're, we had a wider. I called it a wider palette because I'm very kind because I'm talking partly about me. And <laughs> I'm curious, though, like, ha- like, have you experienced anything similar? Like kind of seeing like that there's certain stuff you just you're preferring. Um, or have you have you had any like, sh- I mean, you've had shifts in your collection style. Absolutely. Because you used to do the the whole other level, right? Like the, the paperwork yeah. variant. Well, I very, very briefly was I that bad i know i like um, i like talking about it like it was a whole era but it was even yeah, pre the yeah, podcast my darkest time thank <laughs> great friend for bringing up the really bad times in my life when i just thought that that fixed all the problems um jerk uh but uh like part of my problem is that i don't quite get up the full motivation to sell things except for when it becomes a financial necessity like the couple of times i've had to you know, dip into the rainy day fund, and you know some of some of the things that I have very much are rainy day fund. Maybe not quite as liquid as as like savings bonds or something in the bank, but um, you know there's still value in them. And otherwise, I have a house, so you know, I if if I took the time to make a little bit of space in the basement, I have a storage unit's worth of space in the basement that I pay for anyway. So it's not like I come up very often against just space concerns. So Mm. never like the turnover of things uh, for selling has been a thing that I've, I've looked directly at. So how I've affected what I buy in, I'm a whole lot closer to just one of each mold. I'll go for a second one if the second paint job retooling is compelling. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I think I've kept broad strokes just about the same the whole time. A lot fewer masterpieces because I kind of got tired of masterpieces just being unnecessarily more complex transformations yeah. on something that's... 40% bigger I was, was going to say the you, retail version. You, you both kind of backed off on Masterpiece in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. And I should have I should have thought of that at the top of this, because that's also a, a big shift of like, I don't need to 
literally own and experience every single Transformers mold, but mm-hmm. in a certain realm uh, where I know, like I would call Generations mainline, a certain realm where you have a set of expectations that can be, you know, disappointed or wowed. And with fair regularity, if you just keep collecting that stuff, you get those, uh, you know, serotonin hits and those interest hits mm-hmm. uh, from that stuff. And with, with Masterpiece, uh, like, Masterpiece has become now, I think, something where you gotta have a deep, deep set interest in the the fascination of the tactile experience beyond um how do you put this beyond like what you get out of a out of a generations toy like where it's not just I want this thing to turn into the thing but I'm like I want to know I want to go on a journey with whoever designed this and see what they were thinking like that's how I think about mm-hmm. modern masterpiece now is like I want to take a walk with one of these designers when they've had their limiters you know pulled off as much as possible and see like what their brain space is like um and also I, I I like thinking about it that way because that that to a degree more so justifies both buying masterpiece and also stepping back from masterpiece because I think treating masterpiece as like well it's the best screen accurate transformers is like way too easy a reason to spend two to three hundred bucks sometimes mm-hmm. which is like I just want the best star yeah. screen and it's like it's it's a it's a thing that actually i've I've had to discuss quite a bit. Um, about like engineering and where like sometimes you can really see the effect of other things on an engineer like yeah. uh what was the it was specifically um what was the the key trigger about it at work it was and you know again i work with engineers it was it was um tesla model s if you have a older versions had sunroofs in them the motor for the sunroof is down basically uh on the driver's side firewall up again like almost right behind the the front driver's side wheel Mm -hmm. and that is a very odd place for the motor for your sunroof because the sunroof is generally over your head in a car and like I can tell you how that came down. That wasn't a thing. The engineer didn't want to put it there. The guy designing the stuff didn't want to put it there. But it was probably whatever where they said, oh, well, we want the thickness of the roof height to be under this amount. And your motor is bigger than that no matter what. So find a different place and we'll just route cables around. So it's a thing that's like, it's a bad engineering design, but there's a reason why. And this kind of goes into the commentary track thing for me again, where you're like, you wish how, someone would just yeah. be able to sit down and go like, this didn't turn out optimally. I'm going to explain the story. Yeah. We'll have a story time yeah. out of it. And, and and so that's the thing that like, and and like I said, I feel like it's one of those things with, with Masterpiece for me, the last couple that I bought and, and messed with, where, you know, like I said, you know, I've got 18 different moves in here so that I could make it slightly smaller or, you know, cover this or cover that a little bit differently, where it's like, well, maybe, like, if you just did it and you instead had it, like, pivot out and rotate 180 degrees, like, the 
you know, like the studio series toy does or like the kingdom toy does, like, would that really have been bad? No, I have to fold this hand in a specific way to lose half a millimeter off of the end of the knuckles to then rotate it around 180 degrees, pull it halfway down, flip it the other way. Like, there's one of those things. It's like he didn't put any constraints on the guy and he just said, I don't know, go to town. And he just went to town that's the value of generations too is is that price point constraint does create some levels Mm -hmm. of amazing ingenuity uh and i I will also say from what i saw that new mp starscream a lot of people talk about that chest transformation it's like you know there's a lot of stuff happening in there those limb transformations though are slick as hell from what i could tell like the leg transformation on that thing is like that's actually pretty darn slick given that your goal is to sort of change a boxy jet into a curvy man with wings so that Mm-hmm. that's also why i think the video co- like coverage of it is is also important because that that can be enough to sort of experience that stuff um tj sorry did you have a, a, any other uh points about the i think the masterpiece thing is like for us probably the best touchstone for this because that's the biggest shift i can think of uh for oh, you guys yeah yeah i went from i need an entire collection of masterpiece to well just just my favorites and but that also kind of wheels back to the original point of, like, want the characters, like, I want the toys that represent my characters, and it's going to take probably the rest of my life to see the entire cast and masterpiece form at the same, you know, scale and all together. And, like, I don't even have an 84 cast in masterpiece yet, and look how long it's been going. Mm-hmm. I've already got it in, I've already got it in generations. Like, I, you know, like, I, I, I'm happy with that. Yeah, the, the, Chasing the the like you know this goes into the slot filler thing too that it like this is sort of t- a tangent to the a tangent to the question but like the whole thing of like oh I, but I just want the, I want the cast as cartoon accurate as possible if that's your only reason for spending like triple digits per per piece truly I think that that's like not enough of a reason to spend that or at least not enough of a reason without saying like well I'm I'm doing this now more in the mindset of like. I was going to say the statue collector. Like, obviously, they're not statues, but, like, that the the underlying thrush of your intent is kind of the statue collector thing of, like, I want the characters to exist before me uh, in a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I think it is actually really good to question. I mean, this, this I've talked about this a couple times, many times. I've done panels about it, but recently I think it's come up again a few times uh, about, like, exploring what it is you like about the stuff you collect and specifically what you really like and what you like about the pieces that, that you get excited to look at again versus the ones you don't. Cause, cause it is when, when the things are that expensive and also so multifunctional, that's all like transformers very uniquely, I think requires this to a degree. Otherwise it becomes very dangerous, uh, to, to kind of fall into a lot of different rabbit holes. Cause like, if you're if you're if you're you know collecting the fans' toys stuff where they're now you know at least two hundred and twenty five to three hundred a piece, it's like that thing is is designed to do multiple things. Even if it obviously, and in my opinion, cynically, is meant to mostly be a robot on your shelf, like you're paying for a lot more than that. And are you okay to pay for a lot more than that? And do you think that they're up to a standard you're happy with with the other parts that are the a lot more than that? Uh. Which also is kind of my answer to this question as far as, like, similar experiences. Like, I've absolutely gone through that and, like, realized, like, what I prefer. And it's... I'll always use this as an example. It's why I don't even go near Hot Toys anymore and why I've, I've drifted very far from Storm Collectibles and 112 Collective by Mezco. Because the tactile experience mm-hmm. on those things, for me, has gotten away from the the 
shelf display side of those things in a way that I just don't find as enjoyable. And they're not cheap, so why would I keep collecting them just because I like the properties if like I'm not getting 100% of, of the, the experience uh, for what I want? Um, and and to then, you know, go to the last question kind of in, in, in Tedemus's thing here of, uh, do you think knowing what you keep uh, is a good skill or limits your experience? It is 100% a good skill because it doesn't limit your experience. Uh, your experience is still up to you. I think that's an important thing to th- also think about because I've I've seen folks who do like the one toy a character thing like that becomes painful for them sometimes when uh, you know the Trypticon example is the one I always think of because it's the first time I talked to someone about that at a panel where it was like you know I don't know if I want to do uh, Generations Trypticon or the Planet X video game Trypticon I only want one Trypticon and it's like yeah but those two are also like borderline different characters like. Like they they have so little to do with each other, even though they're ostensibly both Trypticon. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm like, you should know what what you like to keep. You should know that, and it should be a base limiter on what you do. But don't make it a hard limit. Make it an intelligent limit. Uh, and and obviously, if you also just can't afford or have the space for Titan Trypticon and Planet X Trypticon, then yeah, you got to figure out which one you like more. But like. I almost feel like saying, well, I only want one Trypticon, that's the rule, is like, much like, oh, I only want the cartoon-accurate robots on my shelf, and I'll pay anything for that. Like, those kind of rules are too broad when those are the price points and experiences in question. Uh, and I, I, I'm saying this in a very broad sense, too, not to any one person. Like, if it is a hard rule for you, then it's like, it also, it's your hard rule. Like, I'm not the rules police, you know? Like, it, it, I'm not gonna fine you for it. But, um... Finding the balance between knowing what you like and not limiting your experiences when they're within your means is a very fine line that is always changing and worth thinking about, in my opinion, when you're a, a collector of, of anything, really. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to stop myself there because I have a whole lot more collector thoughts. I should just write another panel. Uh, <laughs> but um, we got another question here from Carito. Uh, he says, hello, everyone. An evil wizard has shrunken you to the size of a 10-year-old or turned you back to your original 10-year-old body, if you like. Carito uh, wouldn't because Carito uh, likes their arms, uh, but does miss some of their original parts. So maybe. Anyway, you're a 10-year-old. Um, evil wizard reasons. Now you found yourself in this new scale. What's the first Transformers toy you'd grab and what non-Transformers toy would you grab? Carito uh, no longer collects many large toys, but on the Transformers side would grab Combiner Wars Devastator, and for non-Transformers would grab Soul of Chagok and Gaugaigar, which are two things that would be probably transcendent experiences if you suddenly were in a 10-year-old body. Yes, I, I would agree. But, um, Aaron, let's start with you. You've been shrunken to the size of a 10-year-old, and all other priorities, set them aside. The first thing you think like, of... Like, what? are we are we going agog for, for what the toy size would be? Because, like... An MP Megatron would be friggin' huge. I'm, I'm just saying, you're 10 years old and your only priority is like, I want to go grab a Transformer and a non-Transformer. Yeah, would... I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Where do you think I, your brain would go? If it, if it's, if it's still my same brain, I like my same toys. Like that they're relatively larger in size to me is, would be neat, I guess, but I don't, I don't know if I'd change my want for stuff. 
I don't know if I'd want to play with some of the bigger, chunkier things. Like, could you imagine being <laughs> being a, a preteen and trying to handle like a Unicron or something? Hey, oh, you don't go near a Haslab Unicron. Yeah, that would be off limits. That well, you got to be like, oh yeah, look at this. Oh god, I got impaled. Actually, I'm bleeding out. Actually, mm. no, I think that would be the one I'd do because I'd be like, you know what? This is a unique scenario that no ten year old's ever going to experience anytime soon, other than the ones with like no. No, I don't think any ten year old's going to experience it anytime soon. I want to. I want to like, know. What's it like to be like ten? How, how 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 big? How heavy is that Haslab Unicron? He's uh, over, just over two feet tall. I believe he's just shy of twenty pounds. Yeah, so that's going to be like a significant, like a much more significant portion of your weight. Because I just had to look up like average weight of a ten year old is about like seventy pounds. I was going to say if you said twenty pounds, 30, 30, <laughs> 32 kilograms. So like that's that's still like a thirty year little bit. Like maybe third to a quarter of your weight, that's going to be like doing some deadlifting for a 10 year old <laughs> to like huck that thing around. You get hurt with that, yeah. You know what? If I got, if an evil wizard did a thing to me, I'd, I'd probably do it because I'm like, you know what? The, the rules of the world don't matter anymore because I just got turned into a 10 yeah. year old. I'm going to go freaking grab, yeah, my Unicron and yeah, my Soul Chagokin Gao Guy. No, my Soul Chagokin Ideon. That's another big one. Grab the two biggest toys I can think of. And then I'm just going to take him to my bedroom and go whoosh poo because holy crap, it's so nice to have no more worries again. Because I'm assuming that comes with, I'm assuming because I got shrunk into a 10-year-old that also all my needs are taken care of again. And uh, I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> uh, oh, TJ, I thought of one for you, but I'm not you. I can't do that. TJ, uh, what do you think you'd do if you turned into a 10-year-old and also did not think about anything else in the world except what toy I want to grab? Well, now I'm going to be curious about what you thought of. I thought of something that I think is is would actually be a legitimately cool thing, but I, I don't want to say it yet. I want to hear your thing. Uh, I, if I'm grabbing a Transformer, I, I am going to the larger scale. I'm, I'm probably going for Titan Scorponok. Oh, that would be pretty Unicron-esque, yeah. but less dangerous. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Well, it also comes from like my childhood memory of the original one. So, like, that that that's about the scale my brain would remember it being... If it, you know, for, for what be like, I don't know, six year old TJ. Mm. Well, but yeah, like, th- like that, that was my fantasy toy for a long time. So to see that when it's like half my size would be amazing. The, the one I was thinking of, and it's not just because of the, like, not even a meme thing would be a mm-hmm. G1 star saber because then right, you would yeah, experience, you no, but you'd experience being a preteen, like a child. With the child's toy that is G1 Star Saber, you'd be experiencing a play pattern that almost no North American ever got to experience, being an actual kid playing with Star Saber. I don't know, something you about know, that, 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 that I think is cool. You know, that, that does have merit, but also I have, uh, I, I have much more knowledge fingers today than I, do, than I did as a 10-year-old. So yeah, I, but they'd be sure 10-year-old I... hands. Are you going to have the same control? That's the thing. It's like I don't want to. I wouldn't want to risk like my holy grail figure over like ten year old digits. I, yeah, I think a ten year old. I, I think a ten year old would break before Scorponok, Earthrise Scorponok would break. So it's probably safer uh, mm. to mess with him. Like like Earthrise Scorponok and Unicron very uniquely feel like just a small person in robot mode. Like Omega Supreme is such weird proportions. He still feels more like a weird, like just big, like robot gunman thing. But like mm. Scorponok looks like a dude in a suit and Unicron also kind of looks like a dude 
in a in a big armor suit. And like those two messing with them when they're closer to my actual physical size is kind of fascinating to me. Like it would be like those those giant ninja turtles and Batman toys that, that Jack Specific always makes. Which would be actually that might one of those might be my I don't own one is the problem. But if I could go up to one of those when I when they were taller than me, that would be fascinating too. Um Anyway, interesting question. That's why I'd also put or go ahead, go ahead. I mean I mean for my non transformer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because two part. Remember, uh, my brain did actually go to where you're thinking, except it was going to be to one of my common rider belts, like oh, probably yeah. my probably oh, my yeah. O's driver. You can just put it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could fit. It could fit without shoestring, and it's all the size it's supposed to be. Oh, I would totally do that too, because I got a bunch of yeah, like to play with a common yeah. rider toy when I'm the actual friggin' body size that's meant to interact with it. The uh, sword toys would be the right size. All oh, the sword toys would be so sick. Yeah, like my Puto Tira axe from O's. That freaking thing would be like mm-hmm. an actual child's battle axe. Yeah, that 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 is that is. I'm changing mine from a soldier Jigoku to that. That yeah, that's where I'd go. I'd be the coolest kid in the playground too. Just freaking walking around with the with the with the the heat metal rod, just freaking smacking bullies upside the head with this like <laughs> fairly dangerous plastic stick. Telling them to sh- to um, the, the, to to pay for their sins and their crimes. Show me your crimes, whatever. <laughs> Get all the lines wrong while I'm like freaking fumbling to put a stick into it and hitting them in the face, and they're like, ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, th- this is a question I would also uh, turn over to the listeners if you feel like participating, because this feels like a real like everyone's got an answer for this kind of question. If you were shrunken to a 10-year-old... Yeah, and they're all probably better than ours, too. Except for the Common Rider belt. The Common Rider one's untouchable. If you can get better than the Common Rider belt, like, 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 let me know on Twitter. But also, we don't don't believe you. I always pay attention to the threads and the board. And also, we don't believe you. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna, you're gonna have to sell it. You can't just go like, well, my Power Ranger toys. Like, no, sorry. No. That's, put in better effort. (laughs) Yeah, I had the Power Ranger Ninja Sounds gloves when I was about that age. The belt would have been cooler. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, like, hey, I'm sorry. I don't make the rules, except I do. I don't think you can top the Kamen Rider roleplay toys one. That's Also, someone's going to say it. Some pedant is going to come in here and say it. I know they make complete selection stuff that's adult size. It's different. It's different. There's a different mindset, different play event. It's not the, it's not the same. It's not the same. This is, this, is, this is a very specific flavor that we're talking about, I think, here. Uh, <laughs> is pedant actually a word? Did I just, like, invent that one? Or is, I just know pedantic. No, that's, that's actually a word. Okay, thank goodness. Pe- pedant is a word. One of, the, I, one of those pedants. I think I almost pronounced it like that. All those <laughs> foot doctor ants that we have to deal with. Uh... Anyway, we have uh, one more listener question here from Washi Washoi, uh, who says, What are your thoughts on the reiteration of evergreen design throughout Transformers Media, the various mobile games, the upcoming AR games, etc., juxtaposed to the very nostalgia-focused mainline toys? Uh, and I I mean, I, I would say, like, I don't think it's really questionable to say, like, you know, it has its ups and downs, but it, it certainly does create this kind of melange effect, or, or like, this kind of, like, murky, gelatinous haze around all Transformers that fandoms are kind of looking at, where you do see a lot of very similar stuff, and you kind of got to be knees-deep in this to really see the 
the nuance that's different between them. Like, I, I don't blame anyone who looks at Evergreen and then looks to their to the other direction at Generations and goes like, ugh. Like, I feel it, you know, in 2021. It's a lot. Hopefully we're getting out of that with the Next Generations line to some degree. But, you know, that that's on the broad strokes level. There's there's more detailed stuff we could talk about with this. And I'm going to start with TJ. Uh, how do you feel about, like, what Evergreen, you know, has done to all the other media versus the kind of Evergreen still <laughs> mainline toys? <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference between evergreen g1 stylings and the evergreen that we are seeing proliferate video games and the man movies and, and to a lesser extent some of the comic designs and it's the same difference i would say to like the classic marvel comic designs versus the mcu designs where you're taking a basis of the original and you're modernizing it. You know, this is something that's more contemporary, but it's keeping the, the same general style and look of the character. And it's a way of keeping the identity of them fresh and alive in a younger generation while still maintaining what made them recognizable to fans. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, right now, yeah, I, I'm... I, I'm perfectly fine with what they're doing because it's 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 kind of a nice mix between the old and the new. Yeah, and, and I I would also always highlight Cyberverse as having done a lot of really strong work uh, with a basis that looked like it could have been as boring as as all get out. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of really cool decisions and designs in Cyberverse in something that is very much like Evergreen Transformers the cartoon, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Aaron, how how do you feel about like the uh, the kind of juxtaposition of the evergreen stuff around us versus the mainline stuff right in front of us? Um, it it's one of those things that I appreciate newer takes on the classic stuff. Uh, I think for a while there, they went too far into the evergreen, where every line had. An Optimus Prime, a G1 Optimus Prime, and a Megatron in leader size. Every line had a Starscream in a Voyager size, and you know you could count a bunch of the other Autobots that are going to be in like locked-in sizes, and you knew like a half to a third of what was going to be coming out for the next two years based on exactly what it is. Um, I like that they've gotten away from that. That what's the Optimus Prime that we got in this line so far? We got the like legend size one. We we technically got Earth Rises and, if, gonna, if I'm going to be the it, pedant. In this yeah, case. <laughs> but it, but in like Kingdom, what have we gotten? That, that's what I mean. Is like the Earth Rise one got yeah. a rebox. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's that's also not pedantic. As, that's not the same. That's not what yeah. you meant. Yeah, but but it's it's less frequent that it's like kicking over quite as much as it used to and from the sounds of some other stuff going on out there it seems like they're going to be more okay with like yeah that's the optimus prime we put out a couple of years ago and it was good yeah like like more towards the like let's just cycle the you know when it when it's time to cycle out when you can't find those at all in any stream and Amazon no longer has it for MSRP. Maybe that's the time to like have a new one in, in the cycle and have the, whatever the line wide gimmick ends up being or, or style ends up being through everything to have a, a new prime. Um, 
Like, like we always like. The, yeah. I think there's a there's sort of like how do you put this? Because I, I could see someone saying, "Well, there is always a you know X, Y, and Z in every line," and it's like there is, but. The, I think the easiest way to look at the then versus now is in the Prime Wars trilogy, the Optimus was also always a feature price point featuring the gimmick as expensively as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera from there. Whereas now, yeah, the opt- the new Optimus toy could just be the core class one. Whereas in the Prime Wars trilogy, it's like, well, we need to have the combiner torso Optimus, the triple changing headmaster Optimus, and, uh, what's our leader price point gimmick? Well, one of them's gonna be Optimus. Uh, mm-hmm. which, did not make for bad toys, in my opinion. It's just that, it, like, I always, I always look at this in a very like empath- empathetic might be the wrong word, but like, I like what ends up being made, but I completely can see how fatigues get created uh, from mm-hmm. from a very small rotating core cast list. The, the one of the good places we're in now in just generations is like. Like they're putting some wild stuff in the price points, you know, and even even in in the Prime Wars trilogy, we got some like we got Black Shadow and Overlord, you know, uh, and now now we nowadays we get Leader Double Dealer and stuff. Like they're they're sticking like whereas once upon a time that Leader Double Dealer might have been like you know a Leader Megatron who just happens to do all the Double Dealer stuff, and then Double Dealer's the retool that comes out at the end of the year or something like that. Uh, but I I I, I do think that the one bummer of all this is that we are slowly losing the varied Optimus and Megatrons of the aughts that were often pretty strong for what they were. Uh, and like, like Optimus designs, for instance, that take a few more aesthetic risks, whereas now it feels like an Optimus, no matter how many risks it takes, still has got to have two peck windows and, you know, red arms, blue hands, blue legs, and a grill on the stomach. And it's like, the shapes of those things don't even get to change that much anymore. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's something that, um, that kind of, kind of hangs around a bit. But as far as like juxtaposing the evergreen stuff versus mainline, it does create a, an interesting through line. Like when you hear, you know, what I would, you know, horrible term, I guess, but you know, outsider voices who are in pop culture stuff and, and you know, just cover anything and they cover a Transformers thing. And they and they'll see these designs like oh like like for a lot of those folks they often say oh man it looks kind of just like the original and, you know those of us who are knee deep or can go like well you know the thing, this this and this is different but it does what it, it does what evergreen is supposed to do you know it does what the what the label on the can said it makes all the normal Joe publics look and go like oh yeah it's like the Transformers and then some of them wander in and they get ankle deep and go like oh hey these actually look a little bit. Hey, that one actually looked a bit different. Now I'm looking at the old cartoon again, and then maybe they keep wading in and get knee deep with the rest of us, and then we go like, "Welcome, listen to my dissertation on the different cheekbone shapes of Optimus Primes," and then they leave. But uh, you know, we're still working on that last part. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's 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 interesting uh, to think about where Evergreen stuff will be in another five years because I feel like what it was supposed to do has been done, and it, I feel like it's also run its course not in that it ends but in that it needs to it's run its its version 1 course if that's what we're on right now and i think we're due to see whatever the next iteration of evergreen is cuz i think that's going to iterate as well as time goes on uh we get these more and more abstracted core concepts of what characters are and what transformers is and 
there could be a, a kind of positive outcome to all this in the long run. But then that, that, that gets into this, this experts panel I listened to the other day where someone was like, well, if it's good, it's going to be good. But if it's done bad, it's going to be bad. And like, who would ever talk like that? Uh, we've got uh, some what we got this week coming up now. And uh, I got some this week. But I'm going to ask you, Aaron, did you get anything on topic this week? I did not get anything on topic this week. Yeah, this is this is the one of the tightest timeline. This is the tightest timeline since the pandemic started for what we got. So I was mm-hmm. I was like, this can actually be pretty fast, but we'll see. DJ, uh, I'm curious, did you get anything on topic this week? Um, nothing especially new. I did get something. What'd you get? I'm trying to remember everything I got with it. Um, so, uh, Brentosaur off of Twitter is awesome. Brentosaur is just, awesome. Mm-hmm. Just a moment to say, Brentosaur on Twitter is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Off of Twitter? Uh, on Twitter? Yes. Oh, no, Brentosaur <laughs> getting kicked off of Twitter by, you know, garbage People. is pretty not awesome, but that got solved. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, DJ, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... Once upon a time, I had both of the uh, Power of the Primes Rodamai and mm-hmm. kept the wrong one. And shame on me. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was selling it at like a ludicrous price, so I now have Unicronus back. Hell yeah! The superior version that will not be usurped by the uh, upcoming Kingdom Commander class. <laughs> but going back, yeah, going back to you know, the ones I identify. But it just along with it, just dudes just started stuffing things into it. Like I got like that like that giant head like flip over transformer thing where like just like the body flips out a little car and then you like you pull oh! up the tab and it flips I can't mm. remember I can't remember what they're called, but it yeah, sent me the Thundercracker. Yeah. They were called I, they had a weird I've got name. One of those prowls. Yeah. They had a weird name that had like nothing to do with the operating verb. Like it sounded like they mm-hmm. were something else. But yeah, I remember. I remember what you mean. It's like, <sighs> no, yeah, I'm, so, I'm not gonna remember. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, sent me that. Sent me a one-step Megatron, which it's the. It is the evergreen design. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's like the one that was supposed to be a stand-in for Megatron X. Like oh, the super it, dark it colors. It's almost black. Yeah, that's that is the one and only Megatron X toy, I believe. Excellent. All right. God, there was something. There was something else. I feel bad for leaving it out, but like now I can't keep track of it. But yeah, like I got basically what I spent on Rodimus is what he sent me in just freebies, which is incredible of him. Uh, Brent- so, yeah. Brentosaur is is good, folks. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I still gotta open. I got I have a Unicronus Rodimus that I still haven't opened. Because he's just been, it's him and the the throne of the primes, Optimus Primal, have just been chilling for a couple years now, and I don't want to get rid of them. I just keep like never opening them because I just like looking at them, but I don't think I want to keep them in package. I don't know. This it's a weird s- scenario over here, but that is excellent. It's gonna drive me nuts. Someone, I I don't want to go because we're gonna be if we Google what those flippy things are, we're gonna be googling like the phrase of what they do, and that's just not. It's going to take too long. If someone listening knows what they were called, please tell us, because it's going to drive me nuts. 
I have I have a Megatron, and I remember it was funny. It's you 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 push the thing, and it like it does a cool auto flip to go from tiny body to tiny like vehicle mode. And I don't remember what they were called. Uh, alt modes. Alt modes. Jeez, that's it. No way. I I literally typed into Google Transformers head flippy thing. <laughs> you did the thing. First, first video result. It is Transformers alt modes wave three heads hound blue to street side. Yeah, you pull on the tab. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. That name doesn't make any sense to me because they're a giant head the whole time. So why are they called alt yeah. modes? I still love the things. I don't want to own like tons of them, but yeah, they're the one I have is really cool. Uh, thank you, Aaron. I also thank you for proving my point that we would have typed in a silly series of phrases till it worked, and yet you got the right one. <laughs> one and done, and even for 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 Im- imagey proof, and feel free to use that however needs done. <laughs> oh God. Will do. Transformer. That's okay. I gotta. Hopefully, I remember to make that the image for the podcast this, this time. Uh, so I, I got something on topic. I did a real dumb thing, and I decided to buy an entire third-party combiner because um, you know when your brain gets real bad and you're like, you know, it'll fix it is buying expensive toys. Um. So I bought a third-party Menasaur. Uh. It's the Magic Square one, so at least it's a third-party pocket-scale Menasaur. Uh, so this is a Menasaur. I'm going to lean over and grab him. When he's fully combined, he is... <clears throat> approximately 10 inches tall. Uh, so he's not super huge. And uh, Magic Square, um, their first run of pocket-scale figures... Like the Trailbreaker and the Sideswipe and everything, the Trailbreaker is still one of my favorite pieces I've ever handled. So I was pretty hyped about this, even though I'd heard feedback as these were coming out that this was a new plastic that was less nylon-y. And uh, the tolerances, however, felt like they were made for that slightly more porous, slightly more squeezable plastic. Uh, mm. It It is true. Um, I had to do some shock oil treatment on... The first two-pack was... Uh, breakdown and wild rider and i had to do a bit of shock oil on the bicep swivels because it's just like there's a lot like these use a lot of tab slot connections and now the tab slots are basically a lot tighter um the plastic they're using however still seems to be pretty durable uh it's not like it's brittle plastic they went to thank goodness uh so for me everything still works but um the individual figures in this set I think are pretty darn good. The bummer is the best one by far is Motormaster, and if you buy him, he comes with the trailer that turns into Menasaur. So he costs a lot more than the the, the two two packs. The two packs you can get for like like I got them off off eBay from a seller for like I think about fifty American each. Um, so about sixty Canadian each. Uh, I think was that my actual total. So not fifty American, slightly under sixty Canadian each. I think. I think I need to double check, but Motormaster is like 160 Canadian. Uh, so it's a bummer because I would say if you only want to buy one of these, buy the Motormaster, but it, then you have already spent over 50% of the cost of the entire experience. Um, which is sort of a bummer because he's, he's really good. Uh, Wild Rider and Breakdown, the first two pack, if you are handy with some shock oil, uh, those would be my recommendation for a one and done purchase. 
They are just two little car transformers. They have very similar transformation schemes, little differences in the waist swiveling. That's about it. But they result in like two very good looking cars, two very good looking imposable robots that are about, uh, where's my measuring tape? About like, you know, under four inches tall. Um, and, and I, I like them a lot. Uh, drag strip and dead end. Uh, Dragstrip, like, Dead End transforms a lot like Wild Rider and Breakdown, but his legs are more complicated in a way that is clever, but not smart, if that makes any sense. So they're, they're clever, they do a few more tricks, but not smartly. So until you get to know the toy, it's very easy to get lost transforming the legs the first couple times. Uh, if you don't, like, you know, also watch, not just videos, but watch videos of people who figured it out before they did the video. Um, so he... It's a shame because also, also drag strip is the more unique of the cars and his, his legs, instead of doing the trick, the other three do, they just pull down, but they don't lock when they slide down. It's not a problem right now, but there's no click in for the robot mode position, which means if you, you know, rest your fingers on top to, to move an arm or something, you might collapse the knees into the shins slightly. And that can be annoying. Uh, so that two pack is the weaker of the two to me. Um, the combination. Super freaking cool. I don't know if you guys can tell in my photos, but you can you can combine Menasaur in any aesthetic you want with this set. Uh, that, that last picture I posted is basically showing, like, there's two different leg configurations, there's two different foot options, there's three different ways to do the arms. You can have this, the cars as shoulder pads with a, a, a modular filler block on the forearm. You can not use the filler block, split the cars, and have half on the shoulder pad, half as the forearm mass, but the two Dragstrip and Dead End also have an elbow joint built into them if you want them to just be the arm using that modular filler block as forearm connectivity for the combiner hand. And then those modular filler blocks can also turn into the the blocks on Menasaur's shoulders if you want the toy look. And there's also an alternate toy head, and there's an alternate toy chest, toy pelvis, and toy thighs. Uh, and all of it is friction swappable except for the chest, which is frustratingly needing you to, to pull the screw out and back in. And I get it, but I really, I'm going to test this out later. I don't think you actually need the screw um, for the combined mode, at least. Uh, I think you do need the screw for the, the trailer trailer to not have a piece fall off. Unfortunately, it's a shame. It's so close to being like play pattern part swapping a hundred percent, but it is 99%, which is still better than most third party things when they have, you know, aesthetic part swaps. And like, it's, it's a really fun set, and uh, the, without like going like on and on, like articulation on the the combined on the robots are is good. Articulation on Menasaur is really good. There's an ab crunch, and the trailer transforming into the Menasaur body is a really cool transformation that I think is quite fun. Uh, you got to learn it a little bit, but it is not the nightmare that I've come to understand the X Transbots trailer is, um, and also like. This is all more or less using tab slot connections. But one big critique, I wish they were L-tabs, where you'd push the, the pieces on, then slide them down a bit to lock them in. However, it's pocket scale, so all the pieces are light enough that simple tab slot connections does work. And on mine, stuff doesn't fall off super easily. The top half of Dead End, the, the front of the car on Dead End, has the weakest connection by far, but it's two tabs that I can tweak if I really need to. And it still stays on for the most part, and that would not work if this was upscaled, in my opinion. Uh, 
So this is kind of just a very well done set. I think it accomplishes what it sets out to do with just a few minor qualms. If you want cartoon stunicons, uh, this would actually be where I'd say go for them because if you don't care about the scale, they look good and they're fun to transform and they're fast to transform. And if you just want to mess with the limb robots, you can literally just pluck them off of Menasaur and mess with them and then put them back on if you want to. Uh, and turning the trailer into Menasaur is not a nightmare. It's really cool. So it's just all around hits all the notes for me. Um, except for me, like, there's no integrated storage for anything that isn't the, like, w- uh, like, you only have one set of combiner feet attached. You can't, like, store the other, because you can plug the other half on the back as a heel if you want. You can't really leave that on through transformation, which is a bummer. Um, anyway, I, I'm kind of gushy about this set because, like, I think it's gotten... It's gotten a good rap for the less important reasons of looking like G1, and it's gotten a bit of a bit of a poor rap for the tolerances where I think they're not amazing, but they're not terrible, and they're pretty good, and they're tweakable. So I, I don't know. I, I, I quite like it. Um, that's my little ramble about the Magic Square Minosaur. Uh, I don't know. How do you guys take a look at the photos I shared? Which were not, you know, that many, but still. Um, how are you guys feeling looking at this thing? Like, I, I think it it succeeds in a lot of in a lot of fun ways that like the cartoon Menasaur arms race kind of missed out on halfway through in the other couple of efforts. Um, like you can play with these; it's fun. <laughs> or I'm 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 nodding my head along seriously. All right, I, like I know without Seth here, I don't have like the core Menasaur audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to try to bully Seth into buying these because um, I think he'd have fun with them, but. Uh, TJ, do you, have we talked about Pocket Scale Legends? I forgot if like that was within your interest realm or not, for the most part. I mean, generally, yeah, because it's definitely not something Hasbro's ever going to produce. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, a, it's an amusing set, I will give it that. Um, yeah, like, it, for what it's going for, I don't mind it. It looks fine. It's just, it's just a very bizarre way of doing Menasaur. Yeah, I like looking at what they're doing for their Devastator is also what made me even more into this Menasaur because it's it's the uh, specifically the arms, like the fact that there's three arm options and it's it's all integrated toy play stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's that's something that I think is really rare in third party um, G1 Transformer type stuff, like that. Like, any other company, I feel like if they did Menasaur with that many arm options, I mean, X Transbots has multiple arm options. It's just reams and reams of parts swapping in and out all over the place. And it, there's something beautiful about the way that, like, you have, oh, you stick them on as shoulder pads, or you split them, and you put them onto the, onto the forearms, and then when you split them, you're like, wait, what's all this hingery in here? And it's like, oh, well, if you didn't care about the arms not being the bulkiest things, we built an elbow. It's like a, a four-component, multiple-jointed thing that can configure as an elbow, and that's all it's there for in the torsos of, of the two arm bots. And I'm like, there's something wonderful about that. <laughs> Cause that's play. That's play oriented. Um, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that magic square devastator turns out. Cause the new age one has cool looking individual toys, super cool looking, but like magic square is taking all the extra devastator bits and they turn into a drill tank. And that's a million times more interesting to me than new age having two-thirds of a Devastator that is two-thirds of a Devastator, and that's it. Uh, anyway. 
that's all of our on topic what we got this week's. So uh, off topic, uh, as in, the, in our in our more limited for the pandemic era pan of time, uh, Aaron, anything new off topic for you of late? I I got a new mouse that's the exact same as my old mouse. Does it? Does it? Because I'm exciting. Does it still though imperceptibly work better? Um, it actually it works the same. It's a basic Logitech mouse, <laughs> but it has like rubberized sides on on it that on my old one was starting to like peel and be weird the way that like rubber that you've touched every day for probably five six years kind of starts to. And I was just like kind of grossed out by the way that it was peeling up, and I went, eh, I'll just get a new one, and it was like. F- 25 bucks you're like why did i wait and and i'm, that and I'm happy to... for it yeah it, it's definitely one of those things it's like oh no i'll get that no i'll get that next time no i'll get that next time no i'll get that next time oh god this is horrible why did i oh it was easy to fix wow that's a whole lot better okay so if this helps i've been using the same mouse and keyboard for i think over 10 years and i bought replacements for them over five years ago that i still haven't opened because <laughs> i bought the replacements See, thinking that these were about to break down and these never broke down, and so I was like, well, now I got backups, but these mm-hmm. still work. So, like, why would I replace these? Like, even my keyboard is grody as hell. Like, <laughs> like I should... Yeah, I, so, like, I'd, re- I'd replace my keyboard uh, early pandemic um, just because it was really kind of starting to show its, its age. Um, it wasn't always as responsive on clicks as I would like, and especially working... Uh, in VDI, which is like a virtual desktop deal, like that has its own lag, and then adding more lag on the front side of it was starting to get frustrated. So, you know, I'd gotten a new keyboard, and I can, if I remember the right function and things, I can make it change its colors or something. Yeah, yeah, I can have it do all disco colors and and ups and downs. Um, but like, I hadn't really felt like doing that with with the mouse because it's it's gets the mouse it just does what it does you know yeah my, my um, mouse is scroll yeah, wheel once, once it was start in the last like two months it was starting to grow it out and i'm like eh, i'll just see what it costs to replace and it was very much a i should have done this the last time i swapped batteries on it my mouse is scroll wheel same. dies intermittently which sometimes makes me want to switch yeah, it, get it out get it just 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 get a new mouse man. Every, no I, ha- I bought needs, one seven years ago i haven't opened it yeah. it's perfectly good but then yeah. every yeah, time no. my scroll wheel dies I'm like, ah, oh, this is fine. I'll, I'll just deal with it. And just when I get annoyed enough, I'm like, it's time to kill this mouse. The scroll wheel starts working again. <laughs> yeah. So, it knows. Logitech M510. That's just a little wireless mouse that does everything I need it to. My mouse knows. Feels, Every time my mouse feels. pushes the limit and it's like, and I'm like, it's time for you to end. The mouse goes like, no, no, never mind. I'm fine. No worries, boss. I'm good. Yeah, that one empo- it's, the, it's the one employee that just knows that line to ride between lazy and productive. Yeah, literally. Yeah, because also this is this is the like friggin' uh, this is the brain rot that I have. I'm like every year that I don't do this, I am getting more value out of both mice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like yes, that value is like a nickel at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, the old the old mouse is is hanging out over there ready like in case something happens here somebody's like oh no i need a mouse stat i can just like chuck it at him and say "Eh, it'll work probably at this point i also can never switch this stuff until i make a friggin monetized live stream event out of it because like that's 
the only way I can get again this brain rot to go away is I'm like, well, if I make it into yeah. into media, yeah, do that. Have have it a live stream thing. Look, if I, if I get five hundred dollars on this live stream, <laughs> I will open the mouse that I already own. If you donate hundreds of dollars to me, I might e- execute basic equipment hygiene and actually look, stop it, look, using look, this. The, the mouse is all the way over there off camera. I think it's in the box under that box. So what? I've got some work ahead of me. Why are you all... How are you anti-donating? How is my bank account getting emptied out? How are you reverse <laughs> donating from this? Who just stole my mouse? Why did a man come and repossess the keyboard? Uh, anyway, also this keyboard should... Uh, this keyboard should be dead, too. I spilled water and other stuff on this keyboard enough times... That keys should not be working anymore, and they're still working. That's why, also, why I keep using these things. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even careful anymore. How is this still alive? How is any of this still working? Uh, like I haven't poured water. You know, you know, you you move your arm forward, boom, splash of water goes right into the onto the uh, the JKL. I don't know if that was like some some um like Hydra homies thing where you just have a. Your bottle of water, you're just pouring it into it just to test it out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's so weird. Like, it's, it just spits it back out into my mouth, and it tastes better. <laughs> it tastes like everything I've ever eaten at my desk for the last 10 years. <laughs> That's disgusting. Ew! This is gross. Ew! Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> I know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like when you, maybe it's like when you don't clean the cast iron skillet so it retains everything. Yeah, I'm building a nice flavorful patina on on this keyboard for when I eventually eat it. Uh, <laughs> that I would donate to on your live stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five, it'd be more than five hundred dollars for me to eat my keyboard. I should I should say I have I have standards. It would be at least a thousand. It's still not enough to make someone eat a keyboard. Uh, TJ, uh, any any off topic stuff on your end? Uh, honestly, no, no. I'm kind of shocked I had anything for what for on topic, let alone off topic. Yeah, we did it. Um, for me, off topic. Uh, I'm just thinking I had a I had a delivery show up. Yeah, I haven't opened them yet, but I got. And there's another one. There's another Kickstarter that just started. I'm actually gonna. This, I'm like I do every other one now. I got my last pre-order of Power Rangers, the board game Heroes of the Grid stuff that involved like the fan appreciation pack. That showed up the same day. They were like, fresh Kickstarter opening for another new big expansion and three more little expansions. And I, and I was like, what are the promos? And the promos are not interesting to me. So I'm going to sit out this Kickstarter and buy those things at retail. I know that's not really saying much given that I'm saying I'm still going to buy everything for the game just at retail. But you know it does save on shipping a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I am looking forward to cracking open that fan appreciation pack uh, for Heroes of the Grid because it's got a bunch of extra stuff for the card box they put out, and I do like that card box they put out because I really like sorting cards because I'm a friggin' like I'm nev- never going to be a librarian, but apparently I like doing librarian stuff anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that game's going on, and I also got my Kickstarter order in from Paladin Sleeves. Which was, like, not all that much. It's just that I wanted some cheap sleeves, and then months passed. I've got my sleeves, and I realized, you know, at this point, I could have used more standard size sleeves than mini Euro sleeves. But now I have a whole pile of decent quality mini Euro sleeves and uh, and the other, the, the Ragnar sleeve size, the one for all the Shem Phillips games. Uh, 
And Shem Phillips has got lots more games coming out. So hey, I'm equipped with sleeves. Uh, that was my off-topic stuff. I don't. I don't think I have anything else to report of note. Uh, I did get a game out of the pile of shame, but I forgot which one it was. I gotta check. I gotta check my notes. Um, but in the meantime, uh, while I'm checking my notes, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm not aiming to, to try to like push everyone to do like a, a news oriented podcast every week. Cause I also think that like that is very burnouty right now. Um, but I do want we're, we're going to podcast again sooner than later. We're feeling a groove and I got more listener questions to get through and I like being able to mostly clear that queue. And I found what it was. I got a button shy, uh, games, uh, board game of the month club package with a bunch of good games, but the, their postcard game is the one I played is final light year. Uh, you join the Buttonshy Patreon right now at the lowest uh, price point, that gets you the postcard game, and there's what is it? Nine more months of that coming up, uh, and it's pretty good. It's it's a spaceship combat game called Final Lightyear. Uh, you have to provide your own cubes. If you're in the states, they have a cube packing. Get off the Game Crafter, and uh, they're putting out new postcards and uh, other cards for it every month, and that's kind of exciting to me because I actually like this game a lot. Uh, it's the postcards are like a map on one side and a boss on the other, and then the cards include like uh, a two-sided enemy card, which is like the minion and the commander. In every game, you're like go to a map, you fight a minion and a commander and a boss. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, Aaron, thanks for joining me today, tonight. Hey, you're welcome. And uh, TJ, thank you for joining me today, tonight as well. Oh, of course. And uh, we'll catch you all later. Uh, so take it easy. Stay safe. If you're on the Pacific Northwest in the Heat Dome, and if you're hearing this and it's still going on, I am. I hope by now you've heard some good info. But like, keep keep your head down. Put your health ahead of anything else. Like we, as always, demand your survival. Um, not just that. Uh, I, I was I was going to say you could get away with it really easy by just saying stay cool. But that and that it worked no matter what. Even if you took forever to get this out, you could still say, hey, stay cool. Oh, boy. People come at me about Park Tour. Got to stay cool. Mm-hmm.